Okay, so this is this is a message I preached at Crowley, Crowley Christian Schools Chapel a couple a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's a message on the presence of God called where there's smoke, there's a fire. <clears throat> and scripture refers to the presence of God in many ways, but one of the most common ways that it has shown the presence of God is through fire. And in this message, uh, I want us to explore three ways that the presence of God is symbolized by fire and the smoke, which should show in our lives because of it. And the theme scripture tonight, because the question is, is that like, you have to ask yourself the question, why isn't the presence of God evident in my life? I'm a Christian I love Jesus. I follow Jesus. Why isn't the presence of God evident in my life? Here's one of the biggest reasons. There's a bunch of reasons. There's like, maybe there's a testing that the Lord wants to put you through, or there, there's a, a level of trusting that God wants you to have with him. But Leviticus chapter six, verses 12 through 13, this is a principle that I think can be put for the presence of God. Verse 12, it says, meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priests will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. This is a principle through Old Testament where he talks about keeping the fire burning. Keep putting fresh wood on that fire to where it can continue to burn. So to answer your question, maybe the presence of God is not evident in your life because you're not putting wood on the fire. You're not putting the effort in of what God called you to do to get into his presence is meeting it every day. I said this in the in the Christian club, uh, what Abby was talking about in the announcements. I talked about how there's this analogy where if you imagine only eating once a week, imagine only eating once a week, you would be skin and bone. You wouldn't even really survive, be anorexic and all that junk. You would, you would be, you would be almost like you wouldn't be able to survive with one meal a week. You need to eat a certain amount of meals a day a week. It's the same thing with the presence of God. It's the same thing with the word of God. If you do not eat the bread, you're hungry. When you don't eat the bread or drink of what he has for you, you are thirsty and hungry, which means you are dry. So don't, don't blame God for his presence when you have to make the side effort. You have to put it in as well. The first, I want to talk about the presence of God specifically tonight because I want to tell you the benefits of why the presence of God is so important, even in your daily life right now as a teenager, because in this day and age, we love, we love when people are present. Some of us, we love it when people, ha- like sometimes it's not what they say, it's, it's not what they say, it's when they stay. It's not when they say things to you that are encouraging, it's that they're with you in times of trouble. The presence of somebody is very important and it's very, very powerful. And it can be also most as affirming as words. But the presence of God is that ultimate reason. So the need you find in the presence of people you ultimately find in the presence of God. The first, the three points I want to talk about tonight that I'm going to say up front is God's presence leads us. That's number one. God's presence leads us. Number two, God's presence protects us. 
And number three, God's presence consumes us. Let's break it down. So God's presence leads us. Here's the question. Are you being led by God or are you being led by your feelings? Are you being led by the one who knows all, is all, and knows what is good for you? Or are you being led by a decision that is based off in an emotional moment? Being led by the presence of God is so important because what it actually does is that it brings you into the right place at the right time at the right moment. The presence of God is very important. It leads us. It will lead us also in God's ways. Um, Psalm 25 verse 4 says, Show me the path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. A lot of the times, like, like I, I, like I said, like I said this today in the club, I, I, I have become more schedule oriented, especially with this position. I like scheduling physically. If to put it into action, I don't always do that, but in my head, I know what I want to do the next day. I always plan it before and I try to connect myself in what I'm planning, like when you go to school or when you go whatever, you get a schedule, right? You don't create your own schedule at school. You don't create your own schedule at college. You kind of get your own schedule. And this is where you need to learn that you need to stop trying to twist the schedule of what God already put. The presence is the schedule. The presence of God that you step into is the schedule. Now, now don't take it out of context and say, oh, I'm not going to plan no more. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make the right path. You need the presence of God to lead you in every aspect of your life. It doesn't just happen for you to feel great. It also brings you into lead, in leading you into a place where you need to be. Exodus 13, 21 through 22 says, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. In the context of what this is talking about, the Israelites would travel by day and by night because they had to get somewhere. They had, they had a destination. And what God did for them in that uh, picture of presence, he guided them with a pillar of cloud to where they wouldn't get too hot during the day, and then he would have a pillar of fire at night so that they can see. The presence of God leads us in every type of way possible. That's just an example. Are you let, So this is what it shows me, and this is what I want you to know today because some of you don't understand this. The presence of God is not just for praiseworthy, holy moments. The presence of God is also at the moments when you're at your darkest and he has a pillar of fire to lead you. In the dark moments of your life, the presence of God leads in every aspect of your life. So you need to start learning to get into the presence because that's a principle that you can add to your life. So instead of running to all these other things that that bring satisfaction in the moment, why not put God, his presence in that place so that you can learn that when it's hot during the day, you have a pillar of cloud, and when it's dark at night and you don't know where to turn to, there's a pillar of fire waiting for you to walk that path. 
You have to learn that the presence of God leads you. This cloud that they were talking about was a manifestation of God's glory, not merely something that he sent them as a sign. They were daily guided by the pillar. God is always active in leading us. We must learn to follow him like the Israelites. When the source of direction is found in God's presence, he leads us forward into blessing and protection. God leads us. And talking about protection, point number two is God, God's presence protects us. I need Ava Miller for this illustration. She was supposed to do it at Crowley, but she kind of backed out for a second. So I got her back. I'm going to get her to do it again. Um, Come stand right here. I'm going to blindfold you, okay? Okay. All right, let me blindfold you. She cannot, can you see? Are you sure? You positive? Okay, good. She went, mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I got it. I'm a man. Is it too tight? Okay, you good? You good? Okay, okay, okay. Come this way. Yeah, Can you breathe? Right, right. Don't suffocate. No, just <laughs> What'd y'all learn in youth tonight? Uh, Ava suffocated. <laughs> okay. This might change. No, actually not. I won't. I won't. Ah, no, nah, don't look this way. If you can see Ava, don't lie to me. We're in church. Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to not move your legs, and I want you to sit down into a position. You trust me? You trust me? Are you ready for this? You cannot You cannot move your legs or anything. You just got to, like like you're going on the toilet. You just got to go down, okay? D- just, I'll tell you when to go, okay? Three, two, one, go. <laughs> All right, get back up, get back up, get back up. Okay. Don't move. Okay. You ready? Three, two, you hear that? One, sit. Whoa! You almost had it. All right, you can get up. No, I wasn't trying to make you fall. All right, you can go sit back down. Give Ava a hand clap. She did an amazing job. Good job, Ava. So, the reason why I did that uh, that illustration was based on trust that illustration was based on her trusting me which obviously she should trust her youth pastor which she did but at the same time I could have just kept it away and she would have fallen down Yet, she, would she would have trusted me afterwards no absolutely not she would have been like never again no, never let you use, use me for an illustration ever again. That would have been the reason. But if she was willing to trust without seeing the result of where that chair was going to be, that means that she trusted me with her heart. I don't want to go too deep on it, but like she trusted me with her whole body falling down, right? She trusted that. Even though she kind of knew, okay, so she kind of knew the illustration. But I want to ask you this question. Are you trusting in God to protect you? Or are you using other stuff to protect you? Are you using external? I'm not talking about, I'm just making an illustration of painkillers. I'm not talking about actual drugs. I'm talking about 
every type of painkiller. Every type. And you know what that thing is that soothes you, that you feel like it's a sense of protection. We can go deep with it. Porn can be a a protection. Social media can be a protection. I might not be cool on the outside, but I can be cool on social media. That's a protection. I can be looking a certain way on this, but I'm really not like this by myself. Protecting with something else rather than letting God protect me. Have you ever like had somebody like gossip against you and you just wanted to like rant on social media? Be like, I can defend myself. I'm gonna let them know on 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 TikTok. No, I'm joking, not TikTok. I'm gonna let them know on Instagram. I'm gonna let them know that I'm a good Christian. I'm a woman and man of God. I'm ter- I can do it. I, I am really good. I'm not this messed up as what they think. And here's what we get into. We get into God's job when he's the one that's supposed to protect us. The Bible says that the Lord is our defender. And I had to get to a point in my life where I had to stop defending myself and stopped going to other stuff for protection and let God's presence be my protection. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? What does that mean? That means that the judgments that you get, the things that people say about you, do not matter when you're a child of God. They don't matter. You know that, right? They do not matter. The reason why they don't matter is because they did not create which is you. They didn't create Oriana. So yeah. If if Oriana was discouraged by the things that were said about her, for example, that would hurt, right? That hurts. Oriana has to make a decision. Just an example. Is she going to sit in those judgments? Or is she going to let her father tell her who she is? The presence of God is a protection. And the only way that you let something protect you is that if you trust it. So the funny thing is, is that we often trust the lies of what people say or what the devil says instead of really drilling down into what our father says about us to where we don't have to combat those things. Listen, y'all, there are things in, 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 in ministry where there are some gossips. There are some things that are said that are not true, that are not true. Whether it's in ministry or in a job or at school, there are things that you do not know, but you call it right because you're trying to make sense in your mind why they, why they are the way that they are. And you try to figure this out, but God says, you got to let me defend you. You got to let me stick up for you. Matter of fact, you got to let me handle this because if you try to handle it, It won't come out the way you want it to. It will not come out the way you want it to. And I said this the other day and I thought it was cool. It kind of correlates with like, you know how you like, you got to like mind your own business or whatever. Putting your business in somebody else's business is bad business. Putting your business in somebody else's business that you have no business being in is bad business. 
Because what you are causing is you're, let's, let's put it into like a job, for example. You're destroying your own company and bringing another one down with you. You are destroying community when your business isn't somebody else's business. That's just a gossip quote. I just want to encourage you on that. But the presence of God protects, it defends, it brings. So anytime I have had people stand against me or when I've had things come against me in conflict, I had to jump to the presence of God because it was something that comforted me more than anything else. When you start to get into the presence of God and when you start to understand that his presence is the ultimate source of protection and comfort, that's where it comes from. So that's another question. I said protection comes with a level of trust. So that's why I want you to question your motive. Do you trust God that much for his protection? Or are you trusting in other things outside of him that you're seeking for protection from? If you are, check your trust level with God. Check, actually, don't check your trust level with God. Check the trust level in you because it's not God that doesn't trust you. He loves you. He wants everything that's best for you. He wants that. You are usually the one, we are usually the ones who are willing to back up and not trust God. And the reason why we do this is because in the back of our minds, we have this thing called, oh, it's a superstition. You might not say that and you say that you love Jesus and we all do. We all love Jesus. We all live for Christ. But there's a thing in our head sometimes where it is, am I really trusting in something that I believe is real, that I believe that is true. And you got to question your motive. I had to question myself that one time. I had to question myself thinking, why am I not trusting God? Do I not, do I not, do I not love him enough? Do I not, you can never love God enough. But let me tell you something right now. There's a level of trust that you have with him that causes all of that stuff. I have seen God do more work in my life when I trusted him. I saw him do more things in my life when I stopped running to other things to bring protection and satisfaction. And I used, I let the Lord's presence do that. Nothing and no one to fear when we are in God's presence. The third and final point, God's presence consumes us. And that's another segment, just like in protection. Let me kind of, let me keep going for a second. What do you consume on a daily basis? What is, what is that external painkiller? Like I said, it doesn't have to be drugs. It doesn't have to be all these other things. Oh God. Drink it. There we go. Drink it. <laughs> He's the Coke man. So, so what do you consume? What I, I told I told the kids at Northside, I said, what is the first thing you run to when you are stressed? What is the first thing you run to? Could be Diet Coke. <laughs> What's the first thing that pulls you and comforts you that you consume? Y'all, we all, we all. I didn't mean to make that. I was supposed to put this actually on the table. But I sound like an old grandpa every Wednesday when I talk about my phone. You rotten kids to get off your phones. This, this thing, look, I already have a crack in it, and I don't care. This is how, this is how humble I am. No, I'm joking. 
This is how humble I am. No, I'm joking. So when it comes to this thing, is this, what do you consume most? Are you letting God consume you? Or are you letting it or this or whatever the case is to consume? It's real, y'all. What's funny, and I told this to Northside as well, you can consume something that's okay. It's really not that good for you because really what's deep down, your physical body is not what needs consumption. It's your spiritual heart that needs consumption, but you're finding it through physical elements rather than spiritual elements. So you're consuming an external painkiller for an internal hole. You are consuming something from an external place that is destroyed from an internal longing. You all long for something. You were born out your mother's womb longing because we come into this world in sin, so we lose our core longings. We lose the things to be cherished, to be loved, to be noticed, to be accepted. We lose all of that the day we were born. And it's up to the free will of what we have to find that in Christ once again. That's the point. Christ died, yes, for you to get to heaven, but for you to be whole again, for you to be made new again. And it should consume you. But if you're consuming everything else, this might be the reason why you can't consume the presence of God on a Wednesday. Because you are so consumed with everything else. You're either consumed with your situation. You're either consumed with video games. You're probably consumed with your relationships. You're consumed with everything else besides God. So now that you come tonight and you're just sitting, you're standing there and you're like, man, I can't, I feel like I can't worship. I, don't, I can't feel the presence of God. This doesn't make sense. Well, there's a reason. What are you consuming outside that you can't consume here? It's about, mis it's about taking out what you've been consuming and putting back in God's presence that you need to consume. Actually, matter of fact, it consumes you. You need the presence of God to consume you. Exodus chapter 3, 1 through 6, the famous story about the burning bush. I want to talk about it. Verse 3, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle in, uh, from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. Catch that. It was engulfed. Most That's how forest fires are so catastrophic because they consume everything. But this thing was not burnt up. The presence of God consumes you, but it does not burn you out. The presence of God is contained within you because you have the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit in you to consume the presence of God. Back then, you couldn't even consume it. They would go into the temple, go to the veil, and they would wrap a rope around the priest because if the priest went to the presence, they would usually die because us as humans cannot experience the presence of God at that level. But because of Jesus and because he sent the advocate, the Holy Spirit, we're able to experience the presence, be consumed by it, but never burn up to it. Why? Because it consumes right now. It consumes good now. 
compared to from before. This is amazing, Moses said to himself, verse 3, why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him in the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses replied, do not come. Oh, here I am. Moses replied, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. God's usage of of imagery here teaches us an important lesson. He will use the fire of his presence to bring us closer to him. Moses did not catch the bush because it was just a pretty looking bush. It was caught by his eye because of the fire that was burning in it. Let me tell you something right now. In your school, at your job, in your family, they will be able to see the fire. But you have to be consumed by it. See, the the problem is, is that we go every single day not letting the pre- not sitting in the presence of God, not enjoying the presence of God, not taking in the presence of God. And then when we go other places, we feel like we're just as voidless as everybody else. Why? Because we are not being burned up like the bush did. We are dry. We're just a pretty bush. Catch that. We're just a pretty bush. I'm a pretty bush that comes on, on Sunday. No pun intended, Rachel. I'm a pretty bush. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that went over y'all's head. Like, that was quick. Um, I'm just a pretty looking tree. I'm just, I'm just a good looking thing with no fire to burn. Listen, y'all, I would rather be burning for the Lord and nobody ever talk to me than be all pretty and have no substance. I would rather have substance of what God can, what God can work through me rather than have a pretty, communication skill, a pretty, a pretty voice, pretty charisma. I can have all of that and have no substance. It is important that the presence of God consumes you like it did at the bush. How much more will the fire of God's presence consume us and set us ablaze? It's the same thing because every time I get into the presence of God, the first thing he reminds me of is he reminds me of how good he is and he reminds me of the stuff he got me out of. And when he does that, it puts a fire in me to tell others, like here on tonight, to tell you that Christ wants you. I didn't know I was wanted by Christ until I really started to understand it. Because I've learned to have a heart for lost people who have never been in church and for people that have been in church so long where it's a routine and you're dry. And you need to learn that the presence of God needs to consume you so that it can also consume others. There's this, there's this quote, and I'm going to rephrase it because it talks about burning with passion, but that can be the same thing as the presence. The burning, you need to let the presence of God burn within you so much that people will surround you just to watch you burn. You need to have the presence of God because let me tell you something. These people might be lost. They might not know Jesus. They might not have the Holy Spirit. But the presence of God is evident. Even a lost person can see that. I'm telling you right now, even a lost person. We went to Puebla. Same thing with this with Costa Rica. It's going to be the same thing. They will not know what language you speak. 
but they will sense something around you that they've never sensed before. Why? Because that's the presence of God that needs to consume you and consume the people around you. That's what it's for. It is meant to be that shining light. It's meant to tell people about Christ. The presence of God needs to consume you to where you can learn to reach and even consume others so that they can experience the presence of God. Just as it was for the burning bush, just as all of these things, you need to burn so that people can see smoke. You need to burn with the presence of God so that people can see what do they have that I don't. And that's where you can preach the gospel to them. That's where you can share the heart of the Father to them. Because all of you have a testimony that some lost person needs to hear. I was dead in this. Now I'm burning in this. I was completely dry. Now I'm completely filled with the living water. I, You have that opportunity to tell somebody about it. Check this out. As, a, as I close, as a funny story. Me, a couple of friends... Those students that were here in, in Dakota, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, it was so cool because he said the story at, uh, at, at my reception, not reception, I'm sorry, the uh, rehearsal dinner for the wedding. And he had this story. Uh, it's just, it's plain, but I, I, I remember vividly because I was in so much pain. So speaking of hot ones, hot wings, the dude bought, uh, a, a th- it was what, a 30, 30, it's a 30 Carolina Reaper like like boneless wings. He bought 30 of them. I think he, what, ate 10, 15 of them? Yeah. Ate a good bit. And he was like, he was like, I want you, I want you to try it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try it out. It was so funny. I ate it. I ate like two pieces and I was dying. You can actually code it. He has the video. I wish I would have had it tonight to show y'all, put it on the screen. But, but here was funny. And I laughed so hard at the, at the rehearsal dinner, but it's so true. Dakota was like, yeah, he ate it. And then I started coming to youth. <laughs> started coming to youth right after I ate hot wings. But I wanted that to be an illustration because the presence of God needs to burn in you. You have a testimony. You have something in you, and some of you in here are wasting your time. You're wasting your time in church. You're wasting your time. You're wasting time away when God has called you to do stuff more. And the presence of God is so important because it propels you, it keeps you in check, it brings fresh perspective. I come out better when I'm in his presence. I was changed when I came into his presence and got out, but now as a Christian, I come out better every time because I'm filled with it. Listen, y'all, the presence of God works in everything. When it comes to a tough decision, I get into the presence of God. When I'm in a conflict, I get into the presence of God. When there's a disappointment and I'm hurting, I get into the presence of God. That wasn't always the first option. But let me tell you something right now. When you start to create a habit of getting into it, because right now some of you don't have a habit yet. There's a craving in you for the presence, but it's not a habit. It's just... There's a one leader that I look up to. He said, things that people do occasionally, you need to do regularly. Things that people do occasionally, I'll get into the presence of God on an occasion. I'm a little busy. I got this, blah, 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 blah. No, you need to do what people do on an occasion. You got to do on the regular. 
as a Christian, it's good and it's important and you should be in the presence of God as much as possible. Yes, you have a busy life. There's things that you need to get done. I, I understand that. But if you're not consumed, if you're not protected, if you're not led, then you're led by your feelings. You're protected by external painkillers and you're consumed by what you feed yourself. And now you become more lukewarm than what you ought to be because the presence of God brings you back into a fresh fire. God, Jesus said in Revelation, he said, I'd rather be hot, you hot for me, or cold for me, which means I would rather you live for me with passion, live not with passion, because if you're in the middle, I will spew you out of my mouth. What does that mean? That means I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be on that hot end. I want to be on that hot spot. I want to be in that place. Question is, do you? I'm not saying you have to just radically go into Walmart, step on, stand on a table and go, let me tell you about Jesus. Like you don't need to do that. But what I'm saying is, is that you have an opportunity. Somebody in your circle is hurting and needs Jesus and you have the truth. You have the good stuff. You have that. And if you're not using it, what do you contribute? What are you genuinely contributing to the kingdom of God? I've always preached on knowing who God is, knowing who you are. That's important. But now that you know that, it's time to step up and start doing stuff for the kingdom, contributing to the kingdom, whether it's your gift, whether it's your servant heart, whatever the case is, you need to contribute through the presence of God. The presence of God can do that for you. Because where there's smoke, we all know that. Where there's smoke, there's a fire. We all know that when you see smoke. When you see, when you sense something different in the atmosphere and you're like, what is that? You can tell others are in the presence of God. And people can sense it too. This is why it's so important to be in it every day. Because if you're on fire for Christ, if you have the fire of the presence of God in you, People can notice it. Are you just the same person that goes to work or to school? Or are you something much greater than what everybody else says that you are? Where the smoke is, there's a fire. And if you would be on fire for the presence of God, people can tell by the smoke. With every head bowed, I want to pray over you in this room to not allow the things of this world to continue fighting for your attention. The world y'all is an attention grabber. There is stuff that catches your eye every day. There is stuff that is pulling your heartstrings every day, whether it's media, whether it's food, whatever it is, it's fighting for your attention all the all the political problems, all of the stuff. You can think everything in this world wants your attention, but the attention that you should only grab is the Father's. You need to grab the Father's attention because he, he wants to grab your attention. God wants you for himself because he cherishes you more than what the world gives. You've been consuming things. You've been letting things 
keep, make you feel safe, but it's not really working. And you've been letting things lead you, whether it's your emotions or really immature examples, maybe of friends or media influences that you follow. There's stuff that's bringing you into a place where it's keeping you away from the presence of God. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray over that person in this room who needs to have the fire of the presence of God in their heart. Because as you continue to burn for the Lord, that, like it says in, the, in, the, in Leviticus in the beginning, what I talked about, remember the fire must be kept burning at the altar at all times. It must never go out. So maybe the presence of God is dry because it went out because you didn't put wood. You didn't go back to it the next morning. You went to youth group, you had a, a, a spiritual high experience, and then you woke up dragging your feet. Why? Because there is a moment in time where you're going to have to continue. We can go to every conference, any type of retreat, which we will be going on a retreat this year. I need you to know that that is only a piece of what you should be doing every day. The presence of God is not just an occasion. It is a regular you need to do regularly, be in the presence of God on the regular compared to what other people do on an occasion. You got to stop letting things grab your attention. Set your focus on the Lord and his presence because he's the all-consuming fire. So in this moment, let's pray in this moment. Let's, let's spend time with God in this moment. The Lord wants you to be touched by his presence. He wants you to be comforted by his presence. He wants you to have a fresh perspective. Maybe you've been having negative thoughts. He wants to clear your mind of things that are not worth your thinking. It doesn't deserve your time of thinking. He wants to wash you in his presence, wash you clean. He wants you to enjoy his presence. So let's do that right now. Lord, we pray that you would lead us from your presence. Lord, there are some tough decisions that we all have to make that it's so hard that I under, we understand now that we need your presence for that decision. Whether it's whatever college I'm going to go to or whatever, whatever, whatever job I want to apply to and, and, and make a living, Lord, whatever, <clears throat> what type of friends do I really need in this life? Do I need ones that just make me happy or do I need ones that are going to keep me up there? What do I need, Lord? I need your presence to help me so I can know in my heart. I need you to lead us. I need you to lead me. Lord, I need you to protect me with your presence. You can ask him that right now. Lord, I'm tired of using all of this other junk that the world tries to use to numb pain. I know that your presence heals and completes that pain. That, you're, that you are the great physician, that you are, ner uh, you are repairing, healing, and putting back together the pieces that I've had in pain. The defense mechanisms that I have used no longer work anymore, Lord. It is your presence that supplies my comfort. Ask him to protect you. You've been running to other stuff for too long. He wants to be your protector. When you're in trouble, get in his presence. 
when you're in danger, get into his presence. When you're at the brink of destruction and you are done, you don't know where to turn. Let the presence of God be the the comfort and the protection. Ask him to let his presence consume you. Lord, I have been consuming things that are too much. That are too much. And now I understand that's why I can't experience your presence because I've been putting something in your place. You need to be in front of that because you're the only one that brings satisfaction when I consume your presence. You're the only one that brings true joy and happiness when I'm consumed by your presence. I get more of that. I get more than what I thought I would need in your presence. Ask him to consume you. It's nothing scary. It's nothing ridiculous. He wants to comfort you and come and bring you into his loving arms to consume you with his presence father i ask that your word would speak through this message i pray lord that they would not go home and not do this on an occasion i pray lord that you would make it a regular because lord your presence is greater than any type of thing in this world anything we've ever dreamed of lord your presence is greater it's better It creates a comfort. It creates a safe place. It creates an understanding, Lord. When we're in your presence, you understand. When we're in your presence, you listen to us when we're hurting and crying. In your presence, we have a greater greater comforter and a greater counselor in your presence. Father, I thank you. We thank you for this word. I pray that they would continue to do what people do on an occasion. They would do regularly. We pray that your presence would be more evident in our lives and that we would continue to consume it, I pray, on a daily basis. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we honor you tonight for this word and this service. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.